Father God, we want to commit this moment in our gathering to you. Thank you that your word is full of hope and full of life. That you're the king of heaven who is for us, not against us. That you're cheering us on and you want us to win. So I pray, Father God, this would be messages of hope and life to everyone here in Jesus' name. Amen. As you sit down, touch two people and say, he's got something for you this morning. We themed our Christmas services, Awake My Soul, and the guys will sing us a song with that title after this message. I don't know if any of you are public speakers or preachers, but Awake My Soul sounds great, but I gave a message on it last week. I've got to do a second message entitled Awake My Soul, so pray for me right now, because where would you go with it? Last week we were looking at this concept of soul and I think it's something we all understand. We kind of get it. You know, it's, it's, you can't quite put your finger on it, but it's like, it's like when you're moved. By raise of hand, give me, give me a raise of hand if you watch I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, The Jungle program. Yeah, so a fair chunk of people. I, we love that program. We watch it and, and deck make us laugh. But there are moments in that program that move you. They've been together for maybe three weeks, they're all hungry, they've done weird trials and eaten grumblies and all sorts of weird stuff, but they're missing their families. And there was a particular episode where they get letters from home. And the letters from home, and they open them up and they read them out to each other, and there's not a dry eye in the house. It's moving. They're not being physically touched, but something on the inside is getting moved. Are you with me? It's their very inner person. We're moved. We're not touched here, but we're moved here. We all understand that, don't we? You know, often when you watch a program like Britain's Got Talent, or maybe, are you a Strictly fan last night? Was the final Strictly wave of hand? Who watched Strictly last night? A few people. It's emotional, isn't it? It touches you. You'll get someone come on there, and they've gone on the journey, and they've improved so much. The guy that won it couldn't believe it. It moves you. And it doesn't move you here on your, on your body, it moves you on the inside. When someone comes to Britain's Got Talent and they've got some gut-wrenching story and then they perform and they're absolutely brilliant, it moves you. Are you with me? Yeah. I like this idea of you go to the wedding and um, it might be that everyone's had a couple of glasses of wine, it could be that. But so often there's a particular song that comes on and even the men get up and start heading towards the dance floor. And they're walking towards the dance floor and they're like, hey, it's our song, remember the song? Come on, come to the dance floor. Even the blokes are like suddenly getting their boogie on. And why? Why are they doing that? Because men on the whole, certainly British men, don't dance. They prop the bar up. By wave of a hand, have you ever been to an African wedding? They know how to dance. They dance in, they dance out, and they dance to the food. It's awesome. Love it. That's not a British wedding. British wedding, the guys prop up the bar and they put the world to rights and the girls twiddle their fingers around and this kind of stuff. And, uh, but then the song comes on and the men are like, oh, it's the song. And they, they come on and it's like, what's happening there? Something on the inside is moving them to a behavior on the outside. Are you with me? It's your inner person that's getting moved. My wife, Sarah, she comes to life when we go into a home decor shop. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, guys? Have you ever you're going out for one thing and you walk past the home decor shop and suddenly it's right turn and she's in there. Have you, Do you know, the, oh, I'm going to advertise somewhere now. There are other shops. Dear Grace, 
Has anyone heard of the shop Dear Grace? Well, if you haven't heard of it, go find it out. And if you're a home decor person, you're going to thank me later. But save some pennies. And so Sarah goes in there and she's like, oh, look, it's a pot. It's a pot. Look at this pot. There's a chair. Oh, look at that. I can't believe oh, that, chair, that chair would look so nice in our lounge. I'm like, it's a chair. But something on the inside of her just comes to life. It moves her. She loves that kind of stuff. I'm sure there are things you love. I love Liverpool football. Come on. By rows of hand, are you a Liverpool man or woman? Yes, yes, yes. Are you a Manchester United man or woman? We'll pray for you. It's not a problem. <laughs> Even if you're not a Liverpool fan, when the cop sings, you'll never walk alone. The hands stand up, the goosey bumps come up, a tear touches you. It's moving. What is it? No one's physically touching you. Something on the inside's coming in life. I want to say that's your very inner person. It's something linked with your soul. Are you with me? Every one of us. I believe that we are three-part beings, body, spirit, and soul. We've all got this. We all see our bodies, but there's an inner part of us. And the thing is, in our world, we talk a lot about the body. I guarantee you, this year, 2022, you have been bombarded with what you should eat, how much you should sleep, what kind of exercise you should be doing. By raise of hand, have you seen any of that this year? Come on, everyone has seen that. Because we're, we're very much about get your body right, get your body right. But I wonder how much have you seen that says take care of your soul? Not so much. Not so much. That innermost part of you. But I believe we come to an environment like this where it touches something on the inside of you. We worship the creator of heaven and earth. We hear messages straight from the Father's heart. We pray and something on the inside is stirred. This is an environment for your soul and it's important. We need to wake up. The Christmas story, see I've done the seamless link there. The Christmas story is a story for your soul. It does something on the inside of you. How you respond to that is life changing. And you all get to respond. You're all entitled to your opinion, but how you respond is life-changing. Because we are con conditioned to change things from the outside in. You, know, you, you eat differently, you drink differently, you, you watch different stuff, you read different stuff, you hang out with different outside in. Jesus is God's answer to all of our struggles, to all of our ups and downs in life, and he works from the inside out. And so when you change on the inside, you see it differently and behave differently and have different results. God's way is from the inside out. I think the world's way is from the outside in. It's a different thing. But Jesus always causes a response. And you're entitled to your response. And so my first question to you today is, what is your response to Jesus? Because it will say something about how your life's going to play out. When we look at the Christmas story, there are various responses. We all know the three wise men. And they saw a star and they made a response. On the one hand, just like going into the shop with my Sarah, it's a pot, it's a chair, whoopee-doo. They saw a star, it's a star, whoopee-doo. But this star spoke to them. It stirred something on the inside of them, so much so that it caused a response. They travelled many hundreds of miles on camels, by the way, not in the old 4x4, four four, on a camel, 
Because they had to respond. They'd seen a star and it did something on the inside of them. I love when you picture the story. They brought with them gifts, didn't they? Gold, frankincense and myrrh. We know the story, don't we? And what I love about that is even in their gifts, it tells the story of Jesus. I love the way God just drops these little nuggets in there. And as you study the word, you're like, oh, that's, that's, that's really clever, fair play. He's done well there. <laughs> Gold speaks of kingship. Frankincense speaks of worship and deity. And myrrh is the spices they used to wrap the dead in. And Jesus is the king of heaven. He came to earth to die a death he didn't deserve, but death couldn't hold him and he rose again, enabling us to reconnect with the Father so we could worship him. You see, it was all wrapped up in the story right there. Absolutely fair play, God, you've nailed it. <laughs> Jesus came down from heaven to earth, the king of heaven. Why? Just because he loves you. Just because he wants you to win. All of this purpose is wrapped up in the wise men's response to a star. They knew a king was coming. What about the shepherds? We know about the shepherds. There they are, out tending the sheep. And the angels appear. And you've got to picture the scene right now. Imagine there you are at home, chilling out. You've got your glass of mulled wine. You look out the window. And the angelic host is out there. You're like, what? They said, fear not. The first response to the shepherds was fear. What on earth is going on? Well, actually, nothing on earth, something in heaven. And they responded with fear. And the angel said, fear not. We come bringing good news. Peace to you. Do you remember that? Peace. The days where we could actually not worry about stuff. I feel like we've been on a couple of year journey in the world since COVID hit where we've lost our peace. We don't know what's around the corner. There's economic struggle. There's health struggle. There's people dying. Stuff is going on and we're doing our best to battle it all through. But the Christmas message is this. Fear not. I come bringing good news. There's one who's coming for you. Peace. And you know what the best kind of peace is? It's not the lack of trouble around you. It's having peace on the inside despite the trouble around you. That there's something on the inside of me that just knows, just knows, just knows the God in heaven is going to bless me. It may not look great, but that's where he's best. If I can sort it out all on my own, I don't need any faith. But when I look at the situation and think, how am I going to get through this? And I look to my father, he makes a way where there seems to be no way. And because of that, I can have peace right in my soul in the inner part of me are you with me the shepherds made a response what did they do on the back of that message they went to find this king and they took him gifts lambs they gave what they had i love the heart of the father the heart of the father is never that we should try and bring something we haven't got he says bring something you have got and you are talented people. You know, when you start looking at your output in life and you start using your gifts, you come alive. If you're someone who's brilliant with woodwork or so good at engineering or, or brilliant in the biological field, when you start using your gift, you come alive. You bring your gifts. And something on the inside of you says, yes, I enjoy doing that. I'm coming alive. So the shepherds brought the gifts they had and said, Jesus, we present them to you. Their response was honor to the new king. But then there was Herod. If we were at a pantomime and I said the word Herod, you'd all go, Boo. so let's try it. 
There was a king called Herod. Nice, I see what you've done there. He's behind you. No, he's not. There was a king called Herod, and he meets with the three wise men because they know there's a new king. So where would you go if you think there's a new king? Well, you go to the kingdom. And he says, you know, at the palace, he says, there's a new king. And and Herod's like, well, I haven't heard of this. What's his instant reaction? Fearful. Jealous. Am I going to get dethroned? I need to protect myself. And he masks it all. He says, please, guys, tell me where this guy is because I want to honor him. What he actually does is he instigates every male child under the age of two to be killed. Awful. His response to the news of Jesus was hatred and jealousy and murder and death. But nevertheless, it was a response. That was what was on the inside of him. Jesus always causes a response. He just does. Something on the inside of us reacts when we hear messages of the gospel and messages about faith and hope and God. Sometimes on the inside of us, it can cause a great hope. Wow, there is something more than me. There's something bigger than me. There is something working on my behalf and and I'm going to investigate it and hope arises. It could be a turning away and you hear this thing about Jesus and you think, it's not for me. What on earth? I think it's ridiculous. And that isn't, you're entitled to that response. It's something on the inside of you. Often a response is this, and it's a bit like Herod. We protect what we know. We hear messages and we're like, okay, yeah, I can get that. But that might mean me getting out of my comfort zone to follow that through. That might might mean me changing what I do, how I behave and, and who I am. And although I'm kind of liking what I hear, I don't like it enough to want to change. And that's a response that comes from the inside of you. It could be that you look at people who you might call your Jesus friends. Most people have got a friend who's a Jesus person. And you look at them and you might think, well, I am intrigued because they handle life different to me. And I do like their demeanor and they're so upbeat and there's something about them. And I'm intrigued about it. Maybe enough to want to ask some questions and delve into it a little bit and work it all what it's about. But this is my point. There is something on the inside of you that responds one way or another. It just does. You can't be indifferent. There has to be some kind of response. But this is what I love about Christmas. We understand that it's gift-giving time. That's why we want to support Beacon House at this time. For me, I love it because it's the only time of year where we all get a gift, as long as you're not on the naughty list. (laughs) But I love birthdays. I love my birthday. You know, everyone gives me a gift. It's all about me. (laughs) And, you know, at home we all celebrate each other's birthday. I love it. It's great. But when it's Christmas, we all get a gift. I love that, and we understand. We understand that kind of thing. But Christmas is the time when God gives his gift. Jesus is God's gift. Sorry to all you men out there who thought you were God's gift. (laughs) Jesus is God's gift to all of us. And this is what it says in John 3, 16 and 17, probably the most famous verses of the Bible. For God so, so loved the world, and by the world he means you and he means me, that he gave... It's his gift. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And I love that. That second half of that passage is so, so important. If we respond to that thought process with hope and joy, we've got the heart of the father about it. 
and encourage you to look at it that way. But I want to just touch on this. He didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world. I feel like, you know, as a church leader, people have felt condemned by the church. You felt put down. You felt like you're not good enough. Can I say, as a church leader, on behalf of anyone who's hurt you, sorry. Because Jesus didn't come to condemn you. And if you felt condemned by a Christian or the church, sorry. Because that means we got it wrong. Because Jesus, everywhere he went, people wanted to be around him. You read any story in the Bible of Jesus, and there were crowds everywhere. Why? Because when people encountered an authentic Jesus, he made their world better. He lifted them up. He touched them from the inside out. He gave them hope. He accepted them. He loved on them. They wanted to be around them. So come on, if you're a church person, if you're a Jesus person, we need to behave like that. He didn't come to condemn anyone. He came to raise us up out of our troubles. The word used there is he came to save us. I love that. And there's more than one aspect, aspect to that word save. There is a moment in time where you say, I've invited Jesus in. I've looked at it. I've listened to messages. I've thought about it. I've prayed a little bit about it. I've asked questions of my friends. And for me, it's real. And there's a moment where you say, Jesus, you are welcome here. At that moment, we would say that you step out of the kingdom of this world and into the kingdom of heaven. And you don't physically in your body do that. Now, it's not like anyone here who doesn't know Jesus is not standing in the same room as me. But in your soul, and in your inner person, you come under the conditions of heaven and you step out of the conditions of the world. That's why I can have hope because all around me it's difficult, but there's no lack in heaven. And that's the condition I live under. There's no sickness in heaven, and that's the condition I live under. Why? Because there was a moment I said, Jesus, you're welcome here. And he says, Barry, you become my son. In effect, I adopt you. You step into the kingdom of heaven, and they are the conditions we live under. That is a moment in time of being saved. But then there's this idea of on being saved ongoing. Who knows? We have so many ups and downs in our world. There's all kinds of trauma. You will have had some. Lack. Rejection. Rejection's a horrible thing. Probably in my time as a pastor, it's nearly 18 years now, rejection's the biggest thing that people face, either by, um, particularly by a parent, but also by a spouse, by a friend. It just hurts you. It doesn't hurt your body. It hurts your very inner person. And when your inner person gets hurt, you behave differently. And so there are people walking around, even in church life, and they look like they're a stroppy old Watsit. But the reality is they're trying to cover up. They're hurt. They're doing their very best. You will know people like that. It may even be you. There's problems to solve. And you know what? Sometimes you look at life and you think it sucks a bit. But here's the great thing. God says, let me be in it with you. You know, we're all going to go through some stuff. But the Christmas message is this. Jesus came from heaven to be in it with us, not to leave us on our own. Psalm 23 verses 4 through 6 says this. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that. I love the imagery. This, this passage starts, the Lord is my shepherd. It's a picture of a shepherd. 
And the shepherd has its staff, has his, his or her staff, yeah? And on the top, you know, it's got the great big hook, and then it's got a great long bit there. And it's just like, it's like you get, the sheep ends up in a hedge. It's had a howler, it's got a bit inquisitive, ends up in a hedge. What does the shepherd do? It puts the crook around the sheep's neck and says, out you come, fella. Come on, I'm making this good for you. The imagery here is Jesus, the God of heaven, into your world if you'll have him. And when you get yourself stuck in the hedge, and we've all been in a few hedges, haven't we? When you get yourself stuck in a hedge and you make a mistake or something goes wrong, what does he do? He doesn't condemn you. He gets his crook out and says, let me help you there. I'll make a way because I can see you're struggling. And I love you and I want you to win. So let me have, and suddenly you will hear testimony after testimony after testimony of people who love Jesus who will say, I was stuck, all the doors were closed, I was up against a wall, and then suddenly something shifted. What's that? That is the Lord my God, the shepherd, pulling me out of a hole and making a way where there seems to be no way. But then he's got the other end. The other end's not quite so comfortable. Hands up if you're a parent in the room. Lots of round of applause for our parents. Parenting's hard, isn't it? Parenting's hard. Here's the thing. Are you loving and kind as a parent if when your kids mess it up, you just go, yay, well done. You're awesome and I love you anyway. Or is it more kind to say, no, that's not going to help your life having that attitude and living like that. I don't know what your theory is on slapping, tap of the legs, smack on the bum, punch in the face. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But it is kinder as a parent to discipline, isn't it? And so the other side of this shepherd's picture is he pulls you out when you're in trouble. But when you start wandering off the other way, he gives you a tap on the backside and says, not that way, that's not going to be good for you. And it's not because he's trying to ruin your life, he's trying to make your life better. And so we have this picture of Jesus, the God of heaven, come down to earth as a shepherd. That I want you to win. I love it. Do you see what it is there? What is the heart of it all? My cup overflows. That is the heart of God. I think sometimes we think we've got this God of heaven standing up with a big wagger of finger. You're rubbish. You're rubbish. You've messed it up. You're no good. No, 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 no. He's the lover of our souls. And he says, I come down here not to make your life harder, but so your cup will overflow. He wants you happy and satisfied and fulfilled. That's the heart of the Father right there. And sometimes you need a whack with a rod. And sometimes you need a pull out. But the whole point is, and I love this. Can I read it to you again? Um, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There will be people in your world who don't like you. There will be people in your world who are looking and hoping that you're going to stuff it right up. There will be situations that come against you that are hard. But what is the shepherd's answer? I'm going to prepare a feast of life right in front of all that. So when that person looks at you and you're succeeding, this is where we have to have a wrestle with our pride. Because our pride says, no, 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 look at me, I'm flourishing, right when you didn't want me to. <laughs> but actually it should be, thank you, Jesus. Because despite everyone wanting me to fail, you were preparing a table of life for me all along. And I'm loving my life. Can you see the heart of the Father in all this? This is why Jesus came. We're celebrating Christmas. We celebrate gift giving. But the point is this, that our very inner person will connect with the Father, that we could live under the conditions of heaven and have a shepherd that is helping us to win. There it is right there. God loves you. He wants you to win. The whole point isn't to 
put a bunch of rules in your life that box you in so I can't actually do anything because my life's so small. No, Jesus makes your life bigger, not smaller. He causes you to flow faster, not slower. And he's preparing a table of life right in front of you. Emmanuel is a word you'll hear a lot through Christmas in different songs on Christmas cards and these sort of things. And Emmanuel ultimately means this, God with us. That's what it means. And so at Christmas, we see Jesus, God's love letter, actually with humanity. And he says, I don't know what you're going through. If you're celebrating and winning, I'm with you in that. If you're down and really sat on your backside and struggling, I'm with you in that. If you're somewhere in the middle, I'm with you in that. And here's the thing. We get a choice. We can take on this life on our own and fight and battle in our own strength and you may well do okay. Or you can say, the weight of heaven is behind me and I'm going to do my best, but as I do my best, he's going to do the rest. And suddenly you have the weight of heaven. Why? Because Emmanuel, God is with me in this life. It leads to peace. It leads to that inner peace that no matter what I go through, I know the weight of heaven is behind me. He's the great comforter when we're down. He's the great provider when we need it. He's the great protector when we're attacked. Whatever you need, God calls himself, I am. I am that. What you need in that time, if you allow me to be present, I am that that you need. And it brings peace. So the question is this. Maybe the band could come up. The question is, we try medicine, and it's good, and we should. We try counselling, and it's good, and we should. We try working harder, and we're good, and it should. We try different relationships, which is sometimes helpful. We try everything else. Christmas 2022. Is it time we try Jesus? Is it time we say, okay, God, would you come into the midst of my life and the ups and downs of my world so I don't feel like I'm battling through this life in my own strength? I will always do my best, and I thank you for the gifts I've got, but would you be with me? With the crook to pull me out of trouble and a rod to guide me when I'm getting it wrong, would you be there? And right there, I believe, is one of the importance of church gatherings. Because how does God guide us? He guides us in his word, teaching, preaching, reading the word. He guides us with his spirit, where you get a prompting on your inner person. You go, I just, I just know, I just know. And he guides us with wise counsel from our brothers and sisters. And so when we're together, we always make better decisions when we're together. Which is the importance of the gathering. So how about this year? Awake my soul. Let that inner part of me come alive that there's something bigger and better. Come alive to the heart of the Father who says, I want to be in it with you. Not promising it's going to be easy, but it's better with me. I'll be your strength when you need it. I'll be your comforter when you need it. I'll be your provider when you need it. I want to be in it with you. He's demonstrated his commitment to you, which is what we celebrate at Christmas. Jesus, the God of heaven coming to earth. And we can respond in many ways. But I believe the best way is when we respond by saying, thank you and you're welcome here. I'm not perfect, but I want to walk it out with you. And as I walk it out with you, maybe I'll just find the best version of myself. 
Maybe you help me. Maybe I become a better person. Maybe my temper wouldn't be so flared up. Maybe I'd have more peace in my heart. Awake my soul to the reality of the King of Heaven. Listen to this song which relates to the message.